in five, four, three, two. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to yet another episode of the Ugly Money Podcast. I am your host, Ugly Money Nietzsche. This episode is being brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Tea, promoting erections, improving stamina, size, endurance, and libido. All natural male supplement. Make sure you get yours today at en-gorg.com. If you ever want to get that chick that pressure, you definitely need to engorge. We ain't on the honey packs. We on that Engorge Rejuvenation Tea. Official sponsor of the Ugly Money Podcast. Uh, special guest today. It's definitely a special one. I think I've known him longer than any other guest on my show. It's gotta, that's got to be some kind of record. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, CEO, businessman, revolutionary, boss man, producer, <laughs> director. Ladies and gentlemen, absolute the truth is here. What's up, my brother? What's up, my boy? I tried to give you that DJ Envy, um, the DJ Envy intro. Yeah, that's love. You know what I'm saying? Love. You deserve it, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you it. Came a long way. I see you brought some people with you. Yeah, man, I got my squad. So they, you know that's that's dope when you can just ride around with goddamn multi platinum producers, just you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, I just brought my homeboy. That's my brother. Yeah. That's my brother. Okay, what's up, my brother? What's up, bro? Good to see you, man. man Hey, Luke, so we got a lot of things to talk about, um, but I want to start at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe some things that I don't know. Okay. Who was Absolute the Truth before Absolute the Truth became Absolute the Truth? Oh, man, believe it or not, man, I was on uh, a street team with Octane. Wow. A white rapper in my city, man, and, uh, man, he was doing a bid back then, man, and uh, I actually seen him riding his rap vehicle, and I was like, look, stop, man, stop. I can do the same thing you're doing. <laughs> man, I stopped the guy, man, he gave me the wrong number, man. Wow. And I end up bumping back into him when I threw a party at a club called 3054. And he seen, we brought a lot of people out, and he was like, man, look, I can use somebody like you. So, you know, big ups to Octane, man. Shouts out to Octane. Yeah. So, um, so you, you had the hustle mentality early. Early, man. I think I was like 18 at the time. Wow. Yeah. And uh, when did it start? Do you remember your first dollar that you made in like the in, in, yeah, in the entertainment industry? Man, when well, he gave me them CDs. Goddamn right. <laughs> I went out and I was like, man, look, minimum wage was five fifteen an hour. Yeah. I sold one CD for five dollars in less than sixty seconds. <laughs> I said, no more jobs. So that, that, that look that that was the hustle back then. You, you, you used to hustle them CDs. You know, man, we, we used to hustle them CDs like it um like 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 it was goddamn something else. You feel what I'm saying? Pack. You know what it is. And uh, I, I remember um seeing a lot of a lot of artists at the gas stations. Oh yeah. With willing and dealing. Yeah. So what I did was I I, implemented, I duplicated myself and the others. And then they start going out with the same mentality, the same hustle. And, you know, I was like, shit, if I can make $5 an hour, I sell a CD for $10, I can let them make 5 and I can make 5 Come on. So I started doubling up. You know what I'm saying? And I duplicated at least 20 people. And we started here in city, city, state, state. Now, one thing I remember from back in the day um, was you always were big on promotion. Big. You were always big on promotion and marketing. Even before a lot of people... Like myself, we didn't even understand it. Where where did that mentality come from? 
I mean, it was just a hustle when I was out there with him. You know, he was the type of person that never wanted to interact with people. Okay. You know, I was the person going out, shaking hands and, and, and introducing myself. And it was like, like I'm, I'm out here really doing this. Yeah. Right. I ain't had the, 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 the music part yet, but I had that marketing niche. And when I found that, I was like, damn, you can make money. It just stuck with me, bro. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was harder back then to push your record or now? I mean, it go Talk hand and foot. Now. I think it go hand and foot. Come to the mic. You know, I yeah. think it come hand and foot, bro, because yeah. that guerrilla marketing, man, can never be erased, man. You know, you got to go show face and you got to touch the people. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, uh, a lot a lot of these, a lot of these youngsters think they can just uh, sit at the house on Instagram and, and, and just blow it all up or whatever. But, yeah. you know, the quicker you go up, the quicker you go down, too. The quicker you go down, you ain't touching the people. Yeah, yeah, you know, facts, you know what I'm saying? And, and at the end of the day, you know, when you are hand-to-hand -hand or, or, or actually marketing in the street, streets and the trenches, I believe that a lot of these artists build a, a cult following, you know, a cult following. They build a loyal fan base facts. because they felt like they, they they met you. They felt like they can feel you. They can touch you. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why a lot of times I think, like, a lot of the rappers from our era and before have that loyal following. And, and it lasts for a long time. And, and a lot of these long records time. that come out these days, they don't have exactly the same loyalty that they have to the artists. It's like, oh, this song's hot for this week, and then it's another song on TikTok. Trend. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. We're giving gems today, man. So, what would Absolute today tell 18-year-old Absolute? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think back then I was loyal to a, to the wrong folk, and it, it took me down a different path. You know, I, I definitely opened my eyes a little more. Uh, I take notice to certain things. You know, selfishness of people. And, you know, they, you know, I dealt with a lot of people that was all about them. Yes, sir. They want to us thing. You know, but they'll take a, a real advantage of your loyalty. You feel me? Yes, sir. And they, they'll, they'll extend it for however long you, you show it. You feel me? <laughs> and I tell myself, man, you know what? That person ain't loyal, man. You got to you gotta do the do. Respect. You, you got you to gotta leave and you got to find another. So was it like keep a smaller circle or just kind of keep your eyes open? I mean, it wasn't really the circle mentality. It was, you know, the people we dealt with that was – more upper echelon at the time. Mm. Yeah. There it is. Now, that, that, that ugly money. it's part of the interview where I might get you in trouble. <laughs> Tell me about Augusta, Georgia. Ooh, Lord. Watch your words. <laughs> I love my city, man. There it is. I'm a real university baby. Yes, sir. City of hate, man. It's the city of hate, bro. They hate everything you do. I mean... Right or wrong, they're going to hate you. So you might as well do the do. <laughs> they just hate. I mean, it's just for no reason. Yes, sir. You know, and there's nothing you can change. You just got to keep doing you, bro. And you, I don't take it personal. Yes, sir. You feel me? When you start taking stuff personal, then the hate kind of bother you. But I don't take it personal, man. You know, we keep moving, man. And, you know, it's a small factor to me. Do you think that it's harder to pop out of Augusta than any other city in the world. No, I think that's an excuse. Okay, okay. I think that's an excuse, okay. bro. Yeah. 
you know, every city go through the same thing. Yes, bro. sir. You know, and if you make that excuse, then you ain't gonna never reach the next level. Mm. You feel me? They just people love it. They they take the black and white thing and make excuses. Oh man, you know they got better credit. You ain't applying yourself. You got to apply yourself, bro. You know I'm saying it's the city of hate, but it ain't stopping me. For sure. You know I'm gonna do me regardless. You feel me? And if you let it stop you, you ain't gonna grow. What if they hate? That mean they paying attention. They paying attention. You feel what I'm saying? You know what? I tell I tell my partner Fred this all the time. They don't hate on bonds, bro. Come on. Yeah. They don't hate on bonds. Come on, baby. Yeah. Tell me some good things about Augusta, Georgia. I got a few. You got a few good things? I got a few, but it ain't my interview. I'm letting you have this oh, one tonight. Man. I mean, when, when you start, you know, growing in the city and, and learning how to interact with people, I feel like, you know, at the age of probably about 30 years old, I had to learn that if you offer a service to people, they'll come support you. So when me and Fred got together, we got the club. Guess what they Come did? On, sir. Oh, boy, we going to party. Yes, sir. We got a car lot. They need a car. Mm -hmm. They say, hey, we finna come buy a car. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to offer that service, bro. And music is just not a, a big factor of Augusta. So it's like the cars, the houses, the club, they going to come support. Yes, sir. But as soon as you say you're a rapper. <laughs> Drop the bomb. I remember. Drop the bomb. <laughs> Boy, if you're a rapper, no support, bro. You know. I, I can remember being a, a, a specialist getting out of the Army in 2010. Yeah. And uh, starting my career, I had an option to either go back home to Virginia and get a regular job or try to make it in the entertainment industry in Augusta, Georgia. You know, and yeah. uh, I, I chose the latter. And I remember having nine parties a week. Yeah. And I used to think sometimes, I'm like, man, some of these folks party like it's their job. It may be one of the best places in the world to have a club at because them niggas going to party. They going to party. I remember, bro, we had a kickback on Monday. We had lavish on Tuesday. We had drink and drown on Wednesday. Fight night on Thursday. After hours Thursday night. Friday, we went back downtown to lavish. Got them after hours after that. Then Saturday, I would have a skate land party for the youngsters. Yeah. I would have the 21 and up at Cream and then to do the after party at, you know, at whatever after hour spot. Uh, talk to me about Augusta Club Life because I know that you are entrenched in it as well. Hey, man, they love to party. Gonna turn up. Buddy. They gonna turn up. If you want to make some money in Augusta, mm. open the spot. Come on. Open the spot, man. Just don't be rapping. <laughs> as soon as you start rapping, your club is empty. I swear. Oh, I've been all over the world. I ain't never seen no city party like Augusta. Yeah, they party, man. They party hard. They, and I'm party. Talking they show about love it. in the club, Yeah, for man. sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Do. And, and, you know, uh, I had to get smart. I had to trick them to support my music back in the day. I remember that. I was like, well, shoot, I got eight parties. I mean, I got eight spins a week. Yeah. Because there ain't no way you're going to be the DJ at my party and not spend my You Don't spend my music if you don't want to. You yeah. fired. You fired. You feel what I'm saying? Then I got smart. I was like, well, shoot, now I want to get played on the radio. Yeah. They ain't want to play me on the radio. Yeah, I said, don't do. worry about it. I'm going to get me a radio show. Play my shit. <laughs> out on out. <laughs> Minnesota fat about the goddamn fire my ass. Yeah, I remember that too. Like, man, you, you play that song one more time. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to make you. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we got to just, you know, we got to trick folk into supporting us. Before they know it, they like it, though. And they like it. And, but it's sad, though. 
And as soon as you make it and don't say nothing about nothing to do with them, they go, they go to hate again. Oh boy. You can't run from it, bro. You cannot run from it, I promise you. I used to I used to be flattered by it. I used to be flattered when um when it came because that let me know that people are tuned in and tapped into what I got going on. And you yeah. know what I'm saying? They see a brother. Because in order for a person to hate on you, that means they got to be paying. They got to know what you got going on. They, they are just secret fans, you know, on the low. And so I'm like, well, you know, at the end of the day, you just really a fan. You just don't know how to say yeah. that, bro. I like the way you do your thing, bro. Yeah. I, I like how you got the club over here, or got the car lot over here, and got this all going on over yeah. here. You know, they don't know how to say that. So, so what's that called? Now I'm interviewing you. <laughs> What is that called? I just know what them niggas used to say, man. Fuck that nigga, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we got we got a big deal in the building as well, man. Ko is here, my brother. What's up, boss? Hey, man. Same question, bro. I got I, we got to start from the beginning with you. Who was Ko before Ko became Ko? Man, a fan of music, and um, in Montgomery, Alabama. Wow. On my mission, which is similar to like Augusta, you know, where we come from small. Small towns to where, you know, same thing, music, when we were coming up, it wasn't one, we wasn't nobody making it in our city. Wow. And we didn't, at, at the beginning, get the support from the radio stations and stuff. And we just had to grind it out until we became, until we made people pay attention to us. You know what I mean? They now, started. you being from Montgomery, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of major entities and major artists, you know, when you first bust onto the scene. How in the world did you do what you did in your career back in those days, you know, coming from such a small small market? Man, I was a hustler, man. All right, there it is. I mean, in high school, I was running a nightclub. I wasn't old enough to be in. There it is. I was, I was DJing at the radio station. I knew if I was going to make it, I was going to have to serve because I knew so many people with talent. But I'm like, you know, at the same time, I'm like, all right, the talent ain't getting it. And the people coming in the city, I'm like, I mean, these artists ain't finna give me no deal because yeah. they they trying, you know, they they working for a label too. Yes, sir. So I started realizing, all right, I gotta hustle. So I started doing the same thing, creating street teams and structures and things to just, you know, to be able to help until the right opportunity happened. And that's kind of what happened with um, how me and Ti and, and all mm -hmm. us got together because Jason Jita at the time that's how Jita was working at um. He was interning at Patchwork, and Patchwork had started a record label. And at the time, like, um, I used to go in the bin, because all the independent records, they would throw in the trash bin. And I would go and dig stuff up, because I'm like, yo, I don't want nobody throwing my records in the wow. trash bin. And I heard a record he was pushing, called him, got his record playing, and we grew a relationship from there. And then years later, I was producing for an artist, shout out to Hustle, and he was paying to get all these artists on his record. And I was producing this whole album. And he got T.I. on there. So he wanted me to negotiate it. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I went and negotiated the deal. At the time, I think Tip was probably going to charge us five grand. Oh, man. So I talked him down to 45. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm sitting there chopping it up, I'm like, I know this dude. And then I realized Jason was the same Jason I helped out back in the day. Wow. And that's when I realized he told me, yo, look, man, we just got dropped from Arista. Um. We got to go independent now. And I'm like, yo. At that time, getting dropped was like a bad thing. Yeah. Even though it wasn't T.I.'s fault, it was just the, the deal situation. But I was like, yo, you got too much heat on this album. Let's blow it up. Yes, and sir. that's when we started We started doing shows in Alabama four or five times a week. 
And I just began to serve. You know, I remember us putting money in the pot for the first gangster grill. Like, we really just built that whole situation up. So I knew I used all my skills. And when you find something that's right, you're like, you know what, let's go in. And then, you know, the rest was history. Where, where does that mentality come from? Because, you know, Tip was, uh, you know, signed to a major mm-hmm. and then gets released and then has to pick up the pieces. Right. You know, it go, goes from, you know, the label maybe paying for everything to the fact that I pull this out of my pocket. Right. And I got to go pay him and I got to go pay them. Like, like t- the difference between the label as far as being a major, or, you know, on a major label and the independent grind. Man, I mean... I mean, really, to tell you the truth, all I know is the independent grind. That is. You see what I'm saying? So I can't even say the other side. I've seen the other side as, as you know, I started producing for everybody. And I'm like, okay, this is very, this seems a lot more easier. Mm-hmm. But I also saw how it made a lot of people lazy. You know what I mean? Where they were dependent. And I've never been the type. It's like, it's like working a, four, a nine to five. Like, That's I'm going to relay my whole livelihood and my family's livelihood on s- some execs that, could lose their job at any moment, <laughs> like, nah, I'm, I'm good on that, you know? So I always would explain to artists, man, if you grinding, like, you, every artist should know how to do every aspect of their stuff. If you ain't, you should be passing out flyers, too, and doing every aspect, and that's what I always respected about Luke, like, you know, just watching him come up in his grind, you know? I'm like, that's how you're supposed to do it, you know? That's all right. That's all right. Now, um, you've produced countless records from countless people. But of course, uh, you know, them tip, them tip bangers you had, man, uh, are something that is just, you know, things of legend. You know what I'm saying? I just remember uh, them guitars and the and I, and, you know, back then I was trying to make beats, and I'm like, man, if I could just make something like that. Like, where did the, where did the, uh, where did the, 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 the production you know, dream come into play where you wanted to actually produce, like, initially? You know what? It's I started off as an artist. Okay. And, um, and you know, it got to a point to where I knew I started making beats because I, I wanted to rap on stuff that I would like. You know what I mean? And um, I learned, but, you know, in Alabama, we had a lot of heavy hitters there. Like, shout out to Rick Rock, you know. On the West Coast, you know, the whole hyphy movement, you know, he was in Montgomery with us. Wow. So um, we had a crew, and then shout out to Dr. Fingers, you know, um, but they were the two main producers there, and I was the young guy, like, on their shoulders, on Dr. Fingers' shoulder, like, well, how you do this, how you do that? And, um, yeah, that's how I got started. So I started making beats on stuff I wanted to rap to. Hmm. But then as I started working more, I started realizing (coughs) that the production was just in me. Like, I had a passion of seeing artists and automatically wanting to help them and cultivate the talent and didn't even know what it was, why I was doing it. So it just kind of took off from So you started producing out of necessity. Yep. The fact that nobody else, you you ain't had no producers, so you got to produce for yourself. Right. That's love, bro. And you know, um, I think I think I think all hustlers got a little bit of that in them. You know what I'm saying? The fact that somebody else didn't show up for work, and you had to figure it out and learn something. You know, the fact that somebody else didn't. Oh man, well you supposed to shoot my music video, but he ain't do it. So I'm gonna have to figure out. You know, I'm gonna figure it out another way. But you know that that that's that's why certain people are up and certain people are down. You know, it's just the fact of the matter is, you know, when when an obstacle comes in life. We don't let that deter us. It just means it's another way around. 
Luke, tell me about, because this is the Ugly Money podcast, is everything between your first dollar to your first million is, is ugly money. It's the process of success. Process. The ups, the downs, the, the highs, the lows, the wins, and the lessons. Yeah. Tell me about a time in your life where you fell down and you had to get back up and how you did it. When I went to prison, boy, went to the feds, uh, and I kind of seen how, like, all the friends disappeared. Wow. You know, uh, all the so-called support disappeared. It was like you, you like, you ever seen The Walking Dead? Mm. You feel me? You walking around, man, and, you know, no support, bro. You feel me? And before I left, I had, a, like, one request. Go check on my kids. I ain't need no money. Need none of that. Just go check on my kids. And, you know, uh, KO, uh, Fred. Man, Fred can't see me every week. That's all. Every week. You know, uh, rain, sleet, or snow. You know, if he had to drive by himself, he don't like to drive. You know Fred. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all them cars, and Fred don't well, like to drive. Well, <laughs> Hey, look. Yeah. The expensive car. Yes, sir. Sitting in the driveway. Come on. <laughs> he got to crank the Lexus up. You know, that's your friend. You feel me? Yes, sir. He, he humble. Yes, sir. But, you know, uh, I had a few people support, man, you know, other than them. But, bro, that was like a hard time, bro. Now, I remember when I heard that you had took a vacation. And then uh, I didn't hear that you got back. I saw. Yeah. Because I saw with promotion. Marketing, <laughs> flyers, club here, club there. So yeah. I heard that you're back from the situations of what you were doing. When you get out yeah. of the feds, yeah. first day, what is your mentality? Man, when I got out, I went to the halfway house. Mm. I didn't even get straight out. I went straight into the halfway house. Mm. Now I can access a phone. I got that phone in my hand. <laughs> now I got to access the money. That ugly money. Come on, baby. I got to access it, baby. We got to crank back up, Fred. You know, Fred took a little vacation, too, and, and we needed to get back up. So, you know, we started dropping the flies. We did the white party with KO. Right. It went crazy. You know, we just started building back on what we knew. Yeah. Nah, I definitely, um, because, you know, we can all get up. Everybody can get lucky every now and then. Yeah. But then when you fall back down. Yeah. And you got to get back up. Yeah. That shows what a man is. It shows you feel what I'm saying? Fast. When you used to or you accustomed to a certain lifestyle, a certain way of doing things, and you lose it all. Yeah. But you go get it right back. Got to get it back, man. No excuses. Yeah. Yeah. We don't live off of those. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. I just remember, that, that, that I just remember looking like, boy, <laughs> that boy back to his shit again, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, let, let's talk about the club industry, like uh, Maseratis. Maseratis. What what uh what what, what was the uh, what was the motivation with that? Uh, we we had the car dealership too, Soldier Side Auto mm-hmm. Sales, and I think we had, we had sold some deals to a company called Mid Atlantic. Okay. And uh, they cut a big check, and we was like, man, Fred was like, man, what we gonna do now? We just sold all the notes, and uh, it was a situation where we bumped into a guy that knew a real estate agent, that knew Fred was looking at that building a long time ago before I even came around. Wow. And uh, she was like, well, you know that building back on the market again? It was DTM. And uh, she took us down there. We did a walkthrough, and we negotiated the deal. 
And we, we had Maseratis at the time, like yes, the sir. car Maserati. Yes, sir. I remember. We call it Maserati. I think I was the only Maseratis in Augusta back then. <laughs> I, remember, I remember I used it for a video shoot. Like, hey, Fred, let me use that car, bro. <laughs> had a red one. I think it was a red one. I remember the red one. Yeah, yes, sir. The gray one. Yes, sir. The white one. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So yes, it sir. named itself. It named itself. That's love, bro. That's love. <laughs> Hey, man, success stories right here, man, on Ugly Money Podcast. Brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Team, promoting erections, improving stamina, size, endurance, and libido. Y'all go ahead and get them likes up, man. I got some big bosses in the building today. Absolute the truth. KO Music. Shouts out to everybody on the check-in. Shouts out to everybody tuned. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. I can see everything y'all saying. Yes, sir-ski. Yes, sir-ski. Um, now, we're going to get to this music. You had a crazy run in the, we'll call it back in the day. Yeah. You take a hit, take a vacation. Come back out and become immensely successful. Right. You have everything that a rapper would want. You got the chains, you got the cars, you got the cribs. Mm-hmm. Why go back to rap? Passion. Passion. The game has not gave me what is old. I got to come get it. It's here. That's hard. Yeah. See Nothing that. else. You got everything else. Got everything else. I got to get what's old now. Put in work, man. That, that, that ugly money. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. I love that, actually. You're gonna make me think. You gonna make me go home, goddamn. When I get close, when I get quiet, no, we got a song together. Well, hey man, hush, yeah. man, hush, man. Yeah. Hush. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. Let Richie Ray. I'm gonna yeah. go home and think about that line. Now. I'm gonna uh-huh. think about it. Hey, the game owe me. <laughs> now, uh, talk to me about this new record with Boosie, man. Man, I'm a boss featuring Boosie, my brother Pill. He used to be psycho pillow. Yes, sir. We just, we, he just pillow now. He, he, you know what? He's healed. We get, we get him, yeah. <laughs> we him a little healed. bit of rehab. Yes, he's healed. He's yeah. healed now, ladies and gentlemen. He's we healed. He's psycho. He's yes, a pillow right now. So, uh, you, Boosie, pillow. Yeah. Uh, how did the record come about? Tell me the whole process. Oh, man. We were sitting in the studio one day with Richie Ray. Shout out Richie Ray. Big brother Richie Ray. Man, Luke, I got this record. I want you on it. And I want a feature. Hmm. That's what he said. I said, all right, I got you. A year went by. We dropped the hook. Man, look who you going to put on there. You ain't did your verse yet. Six months went by. I did the verse. I say after I did the verse, I said about two weeks after I did the verse, I said, I'm going to put Boosie on there. Hmm. He said, Boosie? I woke him up early in the morning and told him. He, he said, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I set up the studio with Spielberg. Shout out Spielberg, man. Yeah, that's my other bro. Yes, sir. You know, uh, we went in and Boosie heard the record, man. He was like, we had to set up for eight bars. Hmm. He want to do 12. Come on. I said, wow. Don't no artist do that. Facts. You know what I'm saying? It was a what? No, it was a 12. It was a 12. He did a 12. Sorry. Man, came and killed it, bro. I called KO immediately, man. I need your help. We need to get this record mastered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We ain't taking no shortcuts. None. Right. Bro said, man, you know what? He got up, sent the record off. 
Got it back in less than 24 hours, bro. Hmm. Shouts out Boosie, man. It's one thing I love about Boosie. Yeah. Boosie is, uh, I've done a lot of business with Boosie over the past couple years. Yeah. He's very, for me, he's very easy to work with. Very, very. As long as the business is right, <laughs> Boosie is right yeah. there. Yeah. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's been several times that, you know, I've had people that want to book a show with Boosie or whatever. Yeah. And Bo I get them on the phone like, hey, man, bro, want to book it? Come, come to the eyes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll knock it out. He'll knock the drop out right there. Like, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's one thing about Boo. Like, you know, as long as the business there, Boosie don't got them yeah. overthink it. Man, Some of these niggas in the industry be getting weird. They get weird. Boosie ain't one of them. He sent the paperwork and everything. Did legit business all the way across the board. Now, um, just recently, Boosie Badass was just locked up in San Diego, California, uh, on Fed, on, on federal, on a federal case. Yeah. And he uh he had made bail, made bond, and then they held him. Yeah. They had a um an order to stay. They had held him for an extra day and a half, and then now he's out. Um what being someone that is more familiar with that lifestyle than me, what reason would these people have to hold Boosie over the time that he's supposed to be there? Yeah, no reason. None at all. If the judge give an order to, to let him have a bond, how can the DA turn around and say, we're going to hold him? You, you you jumping, you over your boundary, bro. Mm. You feel me? You don't even have the authority to do that. The judge gave the order. How could you go back and override the judge? <laughs> Tripping. Yeah, he should be fired. What, um, where does that come from? I mean, I would think that if a person in, 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 in that kind of industry or that kind of business, it's business to them. It seems almost personal. To me, I, I feel like it is. Absolutely. That's why you should be fired. You, you, you're going on a case with a, a different mindset. You're not trying to seek justice. You, you personally badgering the person. It's a difference. Yeah, big difference. Man, glad, thank God Boosie for you, man. Boosie's at the BET Awards cutting the food. I seen Boosie falling out the chair and everything. Yeah. He's supposed to. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, he he be that game. And he went with his lawyers. Yeah, you supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah. They're going to fight for you. You don't yeah, want yeah, them yeah, lawyers in the You know, we always hear horror stories about, about you know, um, law enforcement, of course, and, uh, you know, just the whole, the whole system in itself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we're starting to see it with social media. We can see the injustice. We can see these folks be nasty, bro. They be playing nasty, dirty. Bro. Real nasty. They play, they play vicious games, bro. Has there ever been a time where you felt like you were you were um, a victim of injustice? In prison. Wow. The, the actual guards there, bro. Man, come on, man. We didn't we didn't ask you to be here. You came here. Yeah. I, I'm just asking, did I get a letter? Get out of my office. You want to go to the hole? Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's life, man. Like you said, it's a lesson. Yes, sir. Yeah, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I need some uh, rules of engagement when on the yard. <laughs> Give me some. <laughs> hey, man, I, I need to know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you like this. How do you survive that? If your paperwork ain't right, when you hit the yard, 
you might as well stay in the shoe. They call it a shoe. Special housing unit. You might as well stay there. Yeah, paperwork ain't right. You might as well go to the shoe. That's the first thing. Yeah. If you a snitch, you ain't gonna make it. Now, how do people find out that the people that snitch? They go look at the paperwork. I can't, I can't tell you. Okay, 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 in the feds, is it as much violence as it is in normal prisons? Well, uh, it depends on your, your custody level. If you want to count versus a low versus a medium versus the pen, the pen going to be the most violent. Mm. You know, uh, everybody points high. Everybody got a lot of time in the pen. You know, it ain't no, I'm finna go do a year, you know, they got 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. lifers. You know, nothing to live for. Wow. Yeah. So your time is going to be hard. Stay out the pen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's what it made sidewalks for. <laughs> Stay out the street, there. You don't want to be street nigga. I got I to gotta ask this question, though, man. I got to yeah. ask this question, uh, and you can answer it however, however you, you choose to answer. What is your thoughts on Gunner? On Gunner? Yes, sir. I ain't seen his paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see That's his fair. paperwork. You That's feel fair. me? Anybody can say anything. Yes, sir. Got to see the paperwork, bro. Got to see. Got to see. Got to see the paperwork. If he ain't got that 5K reduction, I don't think he told. You know, you got to see. The, he ain't testify. Mm. You know, you got to see the paperwork, bro. You know the uh, the world kind of. Uh, turned his back on Gunner when uh, that video came out of him saying yes ma'am. But my thing is, how does a video like that get put out? If this man is supposed to be collaborating or what, however, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just I, think I that's think, extremely I think, unprofessional. I think the higher powers want to make him look a certain type of way. They want to ruin his career. And that's one of them dirty games they play. It's a dirty game they play. That, that, that ugly I've one. seen I've seen people in um in the interrogation rooms yeah. and their whole conversations be put out for the internet for everybody to see. Yeah. That cannot possibly be proper one, but two, it cannot possibly be safe for that person. They don't want it to be safe. Wow. They came when they came to pick me up, bro. This how dirty the feds are, bro. They they came to pick me up listening to my song. Oh, that's... Mm. God damn. Yeah. Bruh, yeah. that's not it. Yeah, they listening to the song. Come on, big boss status. We got you now. That's how they talk. You can't beat the feds, bro. They make money. People own islands in the feds, bro. You, you can't buy them. Wow. Yeah, we ain't got a lot. We get money. Hmm. That's what they told me. Hmm. Goodness gracious. Stay out the feds, ladies and gentlemen. Stay out the feds, man. Uh, for those that don't know absolute the truth, who else in the industry have you worked with? Oh, boy. Uh, 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 a list of them, man. 
Then work with the Jeezys, the Tips, the Droves, uh, what? The Gucci. Yeah. You used to have, <laughs> used to have them all. I used to be sitting back looking like, man, yeah. how the hell they doing that? But yeah. Who? DJ Khaled. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Boosie. Yeah, a lot, man. Man, Young Capone. Yeah. Young Capone to change his name. Now he was so, so deaf. Yeah, he rah right now. Yeah, rah rah. Crime Yeah, Crime Mall, yeah. Young LA. Yeah, LA. Shouts out Lay. Yeah. Shouts out Leland. He just did birthday bash, man. I'm proud of Lay. Yeah, me too. We he looked good, man. He looked good. Up. He looked good, man. He seemed like he in good spirits. I, I remember a time you walking around Augusta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you had the biggest chain in the city. <laughs> Chains. Plural. This is back when, you know, I was just a, a, a bubbling rapper, you know, trying to find my way. And I didn't have a rapper chain. This guy had several. <laughs> um, and then you had, you know, he had a no deal and you had another one. And every every brand that you was rocking with, you had a chain on. Right. But there was one time that you walked in the club and I seen you with a We The Best chain on. Talk mm-hmm. to me about your relationship with DJ Khaled. Man, it was moving, like, on the road consistently. Uh, I had a lot of rap vehicles at the time. Tons of them. I kept bumping into Cali. Mm. Everywhere I went, it was like, it was almost like we were stalking each other. Mm. And uh, he said, man, what you do, man? You a DJ or something? That's what he asked me. <laughs> I said, no, I'm an artist. He said, I need to hear some music. I sent him some music. I got with him and Kiko, which is his manager at the time. And uh, sent the music over, man. He was like, man, I love this, man. I want to host a mixtape for you. Man, bro, I sent that the, the, the music to him. Bro, I, I, I say about, about 48 hours. He sent all the drops back. He said, man, I want to rep every neighborhood in your city. Wow. So I started sending them all the neighborhoods. He, he shouted out everybody in the city. You know, I stayed uptown and downtown. So, you know, it wasn't no division. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I said, man, holler out all the neighborhoods. Gave him all the neighborhoods, man. Less than 48 hours, he sent everything back. Real one. Yeah. He kept it real, man. That's how Cali, man. He was in New York at the time, too. Was he, was he, was he, him in person versus him, you know, because Cali, he had a run. Yeah. And then he had a run. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? As of late. You know, uh-huh. Khaled is just huge. Yeah. But back then, you know, Khaled was known for the hard work, the grind, the hustle, you know. And, and those are the times that I remember, you know, you was around him. Yeah. Um, is him as a person similar to the person that he portrays? Oh, boy, that man the same. Every day. Same. Yeah. Every day. Off camera, on camera, he, he the same, bro. He got high energy. He a brand ambassador, man. That man, that man, he gonna brand he something. some shit, bro. Yeah. Yes, sir. Facts. He gonna, he gonna, he gonna get it in. And he want the check. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts out DJ Khaled, man. Ah, uh, okay. So this is a part of the session, the part of the interview, what we call the Kanye button. Kanye button. So, Kanye button means you can either, one, push the Kanye button and answer the shit how you want to answer it. Yeah. Or you can say next question. Okay. Got All right. Are you ready? Kanye Button is brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Team, promoting directions, proven stamina, size, endurance, and libido. Make sure you go to engorge.com. That's E-N-G-O-R-G.com to get yours today. <sighs> what is the worst hood in Augusta? The worst hood as yes, far sir. as what? Being the worst. 
There's a lot of definitions of being worse. I love that media training, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we ain't finna just answer something. Uh, I mean, uh, let's say the most violent hood in Augusta. The most violent hood in Augusta. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. And it's more than one. Is that your answer? It's more than one. Kanye, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 If Gunna called you today and asked you to do a record with him, would you do it? No. See how this works? <laughs> Young Miami was recently in the news saying that she enjoys golden showers. Seeing the fact that she's dating P. Diddy, uh -huh. the question is, absolute the truth, have you ever given a girl a golden shower? I have not, but I would give one to her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, absolute the truth is here. I think I got one more. I think I got one more. I'm trying to stumble. I'm trying to make up the next question. He still ain't saying next questions yet. Usually they would have copped out. This guy, he he hitting him out the park. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think something that I can. Ah man. Man, oh man, oh man. What we got, Biz? I know it's a whole lot of things going on in the world today. Ah man, a tough question. Tough question. Oh! Top five Augusta rappers of all times in no particular order. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. In no particular order. I like DC. Facts. Yeah. I like VT. Cuckoo. Yeah, that's my partner. Cuckoo. Look, check me out now. What, 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 my, what my dog name is, the youngster? Uh, Flyer. Shots out Flyer. I'm riding around listening to Flyer now. Oh. Jizzle. Come on. Yeah. That's four right up. Jizzle. Uh, and I'm riding around listening to the whole powerhouse. Shots out to the powerhouse. He answered he, he, he them shits too easy. Yeah. Rich Ray, I feel some type of way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel some type of way. He said five. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to go old. I, I ain't trying to. You know, I gotta find. I gotta find everybody. a question he don't want to answer. Oh man! All right. <clears throat> if Mike Tyson has agreed to a boxing match today mm. with Richie Ray, <laughs> he gonna get beat up. Richie Ray, Ray gonna get beat up. <laughs> Who you got your money? <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey. Man, but get what though? Hey. They gonna cut the check. We yeah. still break. Hey. But, but, but my money on Tyson. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey man, before we get out of here, man, please let these folks know where to follow you at, man, where they can find you at, and what you got going on, my brother. Man, Facebook is Ray Dawson. On Facebook, Ray Dawson. On Instagram, it's Absolute the Truth. That is Ko. You as well, brother. All right. Um, on Instagram, it's Ko. That's K H A O Music. And on, on um, all of them, it's really yeah. KO music. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as far as what's going on now, got a big album. Yes, sir. Sitting. Over 50 of the biggest artists in hip-hop infused in 15 tracks. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's my coming back, my Quincy Jones meets Khaled on steroids on, album. Yes, sir. Um, just got a film studio, man, 30,000 square feet. Mm. Um, 
whole compound. I've got tons of equipment. I rent a lot of my camera equipment to Tyler Perry and doing a lot of, you know, things on all, all spectrums, man. Just grinding it out. Love, love. Hey, Lou, tell us about that Boosie record one last time before we get out of here. I'm a boss, man, featuring Boosie and Pillar, man. Number one record right now coming. Shouts out to Pillar, man. I know I'm a psycho Pillar. They've been nice, man. They ain't called me P-Nice now one time tonight. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> hey, man, remember, the bigger the dream, the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. This episode is being brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Tea, promoting erections, improving styles, stamina, and libido. Make sure you go to engorge.com. That's E-N-G-O-R-G.com to get yours today. If you ever want to give her the pressure, I'm telling you, like, if you want to call back, gentlemen. That, that, that ugly you know what I'm saying? If you want her blowing up your line, that, that, that ugly if you want her got them cooking breakfast in the morning, that, that, that you need morning. some of this Engorge. You feel what I'm saying? The last time I had sex last year, and that's my story, I'm sticking to it. I gave, I had some Engorge, and the girl still ain't stopped calling me. Our official morning. podcast sponsor of the Ugly Money Podcast. Remember, the bigger the dream, the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. This has been the Ugly Money Podcast with Absolute The Truth and Chaos.